Father, I just want to thank you for just the opportunity to open your word, Lord, and to be able to read it and to glean from the wisdom of the scriptures. Anoint me and use me. Let this be a blessing to the hearer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, trust and believing. Amen. I uh, thank you, my listener, for joining me today. Uh, today, we want to look at the first psalm, the book of Psalm, chapter 1. And this is a psalm which doesn't have a heading, so we don't know who wrote it. It could be anybody from King David, it could be the sons of Korah, who are from the, I believe they are from the Kohathites, from the tribe of, of, of Kohath, and um, they were the psalmists in the days of King David. So the sons, and they were led by one of their brethren, was called Asaph. So sometimes you'll see a psalm written with the title, A Psalm of Asaph. Um, so we, we don't know who wrote this psalm specifically. It could even be the prophet Asaph himself or any other person. Uh, but the thing about it is that it's an amazing psalm. You just want to read it. We'll go um, verse by verse. So the first verse says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So the first thing you notice there, it says that blessed is a man. Now, if we went out in, into the streets and we asked a question randomly to a hundred people and we asked them, do you want to be blessed or to be cursed? Chances are a hundred percent of people would say that they want to be blessed. So a blessing is something that everybody wants and everybody desires. But it actually seems to be that few people are able to find that way. You remember that Jesus said that um, enter through the narrow gate. Uh, it says, few there be that find it, but the wide gate, which is easy, which is broad, many go through that one, and, 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 and it's an easy path, but it, the path of blessing is, is, is actually harder to find uh, as compared to the path of, 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 of a curse. But there actually the thing I wanted to point out is that actually if you look at the Hebrew word found here, blessed, it's the Hebrew word ash, asher, so in this case, it's Ashrei, it's, it's, the word is Ashrei, Adam, 
which is blessed is a man. The, that word ashe is not really blessing in the way that we would think today. B blessings in terms of material positions, bless possessions, blessings in terms of having a good peaceful family, blessings in terms of having good health. But the word really is actually happiness or joy. So another way you can say it is all the happiness. All the happiness. Oh, how glad is a man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So in this case, the word blessed really does not connotate material possessions or, or having things or, or having health and wealth and all, and all these things that people desire. It's actually more about uh, being joy, full of joy. And of course, the joy we're talking about is not laughter because anybody can laugh. Uh, comedians laugh. Um, stand-up comedians laugh and they make people laugh but some we've seen that some of them are actually committed suicide some of them are into heavy depression because there's a difference between laughter and joy or happiness laughter is is based on comedy and, and, and again there's no problem with that but it doesn't give you peace but joy is different joy is not determined by circumstance joy is actually determined by your state of knowing who you are and whose you are so that's why when you have joy like paul and silas in the book of acts chapter 16 when they were whipped and they had bleeding backs the bible says in acts 16 verse 25 that they sang praises to god and all the prisoners had them can you imagine that you've just been you've had you've had your back whipped and and they had open wounds and sores and they were bleeding uh, you can imagine the pain because these whips uh, if you've watched the passion of the christ and you saw how uh, the character of jesus was whipped that's that's a similar experience that they experienced um, but to be able to in that situation to sing praises and and and, th and give thanks to god that's not laughter that is joy it's i mean there's nothing comedic there's nothing funny about that it's a serious and a very painful situation but that is the joy of the lord you remember that the book of nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 tells us that the joy of the lord is our strength amen and in the book of psalm 16 verse 11 this one we know the author it's king david of course it says you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy so where do you find joy in the presence of god there is fullness of joy at his right hand they have pleasures forevermore and that's why the apostle paul writing the letter to the fish to the philippians sorry in the book of philippians chapter 4 verse 4 he says rejoice in the lord always and yet again i say rejoice so joy is something that is always there for the christian it's not determined by your state of being what you have what you don't have your health your wealth and all these other things your state of mind your mental whatever it's determined by the fact that you are of god you have been born of god you are born again you have eternal life your name is written in heaven you find joy that's what jesus said to the to the 72 the 72 and they came back to him in the book of luke chapter um chapter 10 it says they were shocked they said lord even the demons are subject to us by your name that's luke 10 17 then verse 20 he said don't rejoice because demons are subject to you by my name but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven so the moment you become born again your name is written in heaven so that's a cause to be joyful all the days of your life so my friend as you're listening to me is your name written in the lamb's book of life that's something you have to consider that's something you have to uh, to, 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 to come to a decision too because it's a serious and, and a very important thing that you have to do. So joy is not happiness or laughter. There is a time for everything, of course, but joy will keep you in every situation. 
So we've, so, so we've been able to see the difference between these two things. So um, let's get back to the text. So, oh, how happy is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in First Corinthians 15 verse 13, he says that bad company corrupts good morals. Uh, friend, no matter how good or holy or principled you are, if you hang around the wrong people, sooner or later, trust you me, sooner or later, especially when the ratio is uh, the, 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 the people with the bad character are more than the people with a good character, sooner or later, they are going to affect you in some way. And most times in a negative way. Uh, there is a law of friendship that I once had and I'd like to quote. It says that the law of friendship states this, either you affect me or I affect you. There is no 50-50. It's usually 60, 40, 30, 70, 80, 20, 90, 10, or 100 to 0 percent. So it's either I am affecting you or you are affecting. It's either I'm affecting you positively or you are affecting me negatively. There is no two ways. There is no 50-50. And most times people don't understand that. That's why it's important to surround yourself with people who see things the way you see them. You have to surround yourself with people who uh, have their mindsets on things on, uh, above, not th on things on the earth. And that's why many Christians don't have joys because they surrounded themselves with the wrong company. And um, you remember in the book of First Corinthians chapter two. Let's look at it. What it says. It says First um, Corinthians chapter two, verses twelve. It says, "Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given us of God, which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual." But the natural man receiveth not the thing of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because he is spiritually discerned. So, a person who is not born again, a person who has not received eternal life, a person who does not confess Jesus as Savior and Lord, he is a carnal man. Or, uh, and by man, I'm talking about human being, not just uh, the, 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 the gender. I'm talking about uh, people in general. So, if you hang around such a person, and that's a person whom you, you, you spend all your time with, Chances are, and you're born again, you will not agree on many things. Or if you agree, if you, if you come to a point of agreement, it's either they have compromised and are starting to listen to you because you're speaking spiritual things, or you have compromised and you're starting to listen to them because you're speaking carnal or fleshly things. And that's why in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 6, let's read quickly. It says, verse 14, Be not be unequal, be not, ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, what path has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, and I will work with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's the reason why God has called us out, to be specific to be peculiar, to be strangers. The book of James chapter 1 begins by saying, James, to the strangers, strangers, people who are weird, scattered throughout abroad. The apostle Peter calls us a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special possession. We have been set apart, we are consecrated, we are different. That's why the world will not understand you. That's why the world will not um, will, will not condone you. That's why the world will, 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 will feel threatened by you because you are a different nature. And that's why we have to set ourselves apart. 
Verse 13 says, uh, we're going back to 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Wherefore come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. So we have to be set apart. And, 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 and when you do that, it keeps you from the person who is ungodly. One who stands in the way of sinners, basically a person who sees people sinning uh, or living in sin and condones it and even encourages it. They don't say anything about it. They just have a, you know, they, they actually seem to encourage it. And then the, those who are scornful, people who are mockers, people who like to mock. One of the things I've learned to do, uh, Proverbs 32 verse 10 says, cast out the mocker uh, or the scorner. And, and one of the things I've noticed is people today love to mock and scorn things of God. They like to, Hollywood has made a practice of mocking Jesus. Every movie, every series that they make, they always use the name of Jesus as a curse word. And I know you know what I'm saying. And the, the world, the media, and even unfortunately, and I would say Christians, and I would, tell, I would say really mature Christians have found the habit of mocking their fellow Christians, mocking the church, mocking the body of Christ, mocking preachers and ministers. And one thing I've learned to do is to separate myself from such people. And I, and, and I, I don't say it out of, out of um, being um, harsh, but I'm saying it because I, I, in the long run, a house divided against itself shall not stand. The other day I uploaded a video interview of Kenneth Hagin on, 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 on YouTube. And then the negative comments that were coming from so-called Christians were just amazing. And I actually deleted almost all of them because I don't believe it. The moment you entertain such kind of people, they end up marrying that thing which is holy, things which they don't really understand themselves. So I actually put out a, a statement and I said, whoever writes anything negative against uh, the man of God, Kenneth E. Hagin, I will delete your comments. And, and I told them, if you, if you don't like him, go somewhere else. I mean, just go to another space. No one is forcing you to be here. I mean, there are billions, literally, I believe, billions of videos on YouTube. You can, you might as well watch, I don't know, something billion videos and pass just this one. You understand what I'm saying? And most of the time, I notice people who mock, people who usually mock and scorn are people who don't have an argument. They don't have anything to back up what they're saying. So the best thing they can do is to throw out, call names, and just throw scorn. They, they, they don't have anything to say, really. So such kind of people, Keep away from them. I'm, I'm telling you, that's what they. Did. That's what people. The people who surrounded with them with with are surrounded themselves with who are with Korah and was it Nadab and Abihu, the three men, the three Levites who rebelled against Moses, and they were scorning and mocking. You know, the people who are with them, they were all swallowed together just by being together. The people who are with Akan, the man who hid the precious. Uh, the, the, the things you are told not to keep, the, uh, the, the, the unclean things in the book of Joshua chapter 7. They were all stoned together and burnt by fire. So you have to be careful who you hang out with. You have to be careful who you are surrounding yourself with. So that's something that we... we, 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 we and so we, want to, we, we have to keep ourselves from... From, from from the wrong company and, and, and it will help us it will keep us in the joy of the Lord so the second thing it says in but, so, but his delight so the, this the blessed man, the happy man the joyful man, his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law does he meditate day and night now in the book of Joshua chapter 1 
the Lord was speaking to Joshua and he said to him, you shall, if you want to be successful and, and to do well and to be able to, you know, fulfill your destiny, to be able to bring the children of Israel into their possession and to conquer all the giants and, 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 and all the obstacles that was ahead of them. He told them the secret to success was to meditate on the word of God day and night. Now, let's understand something. Joshua was not a religious leader. In his day, the pastor or the bishop, the senior pastor in his day was Eliezer, the high priest. Joshua is just a military commander. He's from the tribe of Ephraim. The tribe of Ephraim has nothing to do with religious duties. He, but he was actually a political and strategic military commander. That's what he was. His, his, Joshua really, his occupation was a military commander. And yet, in the midst of all his business of trying to work out um, strategies of how to conquer cities, how to siege, do a good siege and, 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 and such kind of all, all manner of things that have to do with warfare, he had to find time to meditate on the word of God day and night. He was told, if you do this, that is where you will find success. The secret to success, first of all, is to seek first the kingdom of God. Most people... They seek all these other things. Then when all else fails is when now they come back. You know, that's the truth. That's how you, as we are as human beings. We usually go and when you are failed and everything, when you've reached our end, that's when we return back and we come back and we're like, oh God, yeah, here I am. But really, the secret is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then it says, all these other things shall be added to you. So we, Joshua was told to be sure that he observes to meditate on the word of God day and night. And the word meditate here actually means to mama, literally. It means to mama or to chant. So you have to learn how to speak the word. And you can't speak the word if you don't read it. You can't, you can't confess it over your life. You can't prophesy it over your life. You can't speak good things over your life if you don't know the word of God. And many times people say, I'm busy, but they have time to watch uh, let me give an example, a soccer game, a football game. A, a soccer game is about one and a, 90 minutes. A basketball match, I think two hours. Uh, football, American football, I don't know how long it takes. All these other sports, people have time to watch movies, series, the news, to be on social media, to use their smartphones the whole day, but they don't have time for the Word of God. So really, when somebody says that they are busy, they can't be able to read the Word of God, chances are it's that they have idols. They have put all these other things first. You, you understand? It's not that they don't have time. It's that they have time for less things. They have time for, time for things which entertain the flesh. Let's just be honest about it. Most of the things that we are doing in our free time, apart from our work and schoolwork or whatever place you are in, is usually we do them to entertain our flesh. You understand? Apart from eating and all the other things. We do it just sort of for the sake of entertainment. But when it comes to reading the word, most people find it uh, hard. And you know, it's very interesting that the same simple are the ones who will come and they'll tell you, oh, I'm struggling with this, how can I find help? And when you tell them to read the word of God, they don't want to read it. But the Bible is very clear. It says that his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. When you find, when you find something precious, you want to be at it and with it at all times. And in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, I've forgotten the verse. The Lord says that the, this word, this law, it is your life. It is not just a, a, a book. It's not just a collections of writings, ancient, sacred writings. No, it's actually your life. This is your life. 
Deuteronomy 30, 30 verses 20 says that he is your life, that is God, and the length of your days. Then Deuteronomy 32 says that it, speaking about the word, the law of God, it is your life. This is where you find everything. Second, first, second page chapter 1, we are told that God has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. So many times people who are godly think that things are about this life are not found in the word of God. And the Bible actually says, He has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue. So how do you know Him who has called us to glory and virtue? You know Him by His word. If I want to know God, I have in His word and that's when I know who He is, what He expects for me. I mean, what he has planned for me, what he expects of me, what he desires from me, and what he is working in me. So if I want to know what God has for me in this life, whatever God place God has put you in, your utmost priority, and when I say utmost, I literally mean utmost, is to meditate on the word of God day and night. Every free time you have, you're opening the word. I'm telling you, put that ahead of the entertainment and the sports and the smartphones and the gadgets and the TVs and the internet and the YouTubes and all these other things. And you, I'm telling you, you will see a huge, 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 huge change in your life. So I'll encourage you to do that. Get into meditating. You really have the time. Let's just be honest. You actually have the time. The question is, how? what is your priority? How do you view the word of God? How do you view the word of God? If it's a serious thing to you, you will spend time in it. You will meditate on it day and night so that is something that we have got to do that is something that we have to do that's somewhere if you really want to grow deeper in the things of god if you want to experience god in your life if you want to see experience joy you delight in the law and there is a benefit to you and we're going and we're getting to that in the next verse it says because he maintains on the word of god day and night what will happen he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water wow and that brings forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. When you meditate on the word of God day and night, what happens to you? You become like a tree, picture this, planted by the rivers of water, and you bring forth fruit in your season, your leaf shall not wither, whatsoever. And I think you and I both agree, whatsoever means whatsoever. Anything, basically. Anything you do will prosper. This is the secret to prosperity. Meditate on the word of God. Keep away from the wrong company. Meditate on the word of God day and night. What happens to you? You will prosper in whatever you do. You will find success. That's exactly what God told Joshua in chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 verse. And he says, when you do these things, when you meditate on the word, do not turn it from the right or from the left. Therein you shall find success. In fact, he says, good success. You will do well. And we see at the end of, 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 of Joshua's life in the book of Joshua 23, we are told that everything that God had promised Joshua, it all came to pass. My friends, I have to tell you something. Every promise that God has for us is conditional. It's, there, if we meet the requirements, the blessings will fall on us. The, happy, the joy will fall on us. But they don't just fall off. Or, 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 they don't just come through via osmosis or diffusion. You understand? There are things we have to appropriate by faith. And we can't appropriate by faith if you're not in the word. And remember, faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The news. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think at all. Considering how negative news is. Does faith come by listening to the music? 
any kind of song out there. No, faith comes by hearing the word, hearing and hearing the word of God. So if we want to get God's best in our lives, whether it's in holiness, whether it's in righteousness, whether it's in prosperity, whether it's in health, whether it's in healing, whether it's in good relationships, whether it's in uh, advancement in every area, whether it's in restoration, deliverance, in every area, it says he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have to be in the word. Meditate on it day and night. And what happens to you? You are able to prosper in whatever you do. Amen. So we have to do that. We have to get back to loving the word of God. Being in it, meditating in it. It will change your life. Remember what I said in what is said in Deuteronomy 32. It says, eat the word of God. It is your life. Think about that for a second. It is actually your life. That's so why when the devil came to tempt Jesus, told him, turn these stones into bread. And he had not eaten for 40 days, 40 nights. And Jesus said to him, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Isn't it interesting that every day we eat, we feed our bodies, these bodies which the Bible says, though our outward man is perishing, this body is perishing, it's growing old, it's becoming wrinkled, it's prone to sickness, to disease, to sin. Yet we take care of it so well. But the Bible says that yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How will your inward man be renewed if you're not meditating on God's word day and night? Take care of your spirit man better than your physical man. Every day you wake up, you have breakfast, you have lunch, and you have supper. Can I ask you a question? How many times have you fed your spirit man in a day? If you're able to take care of this body which is perishing, the Bible says that from dust we came, to the dust will return. This body will decay, it will go back to the soil, to be eaten by worms. Even if I'm buried in a casket made of pure gold and encrusted with diamonds and a million dollar tuxedo, they will all rot. You get what I'm saying? So this thing is just earthly, it's just for here, but the spirit man is eternal. So we have to renew him day by day. How do you do that? By meditating on God's word. Man shall not live by bread but alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. By meditating on the word of God day and night. It is your life. It is your life. So my friend, we need to get into the word of God. Amen. I know this is getting some I know this is hitting somebody in the heart. I know you've been needing to hear this. You need to need to, to get this encouragement. Some of you are backslidden, not that you've lost your salvation, but you don't read the Bible the way you used to before. And busyness. Busyness is the number one killer of people's spirituality. For others, it's prosperity. The moment they get what they need, now they no longer have any need for God. When actually, the Bible doesn't say prosperity is your life. The Bible doesn't say promotion is your life. Oh, it doesn't say your marriage is your life. It says the word of God. It is your life. It is your life and the length of your days. Amen. So let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Let's meditate on it day and night. Give yourself wholly. That's what Paul told Timothy. Give yourself wholly, entirely, completely. Let's read that. First Timothy chapter 4. Uh, let's get there quickly. First Timothy chapter 4 verses for he says that thou that thou keep this commandment without spot and rebrokable. Um, yeah, let me let's begin from verse thirteen. 
First Timothy chapter four verse thirteen. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to the exhortation, to doctrine. Aha. Uh-huh. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Then verse fifteen. Meditate. That means think on the on it, matter it, speak it over your life. These things give yourself thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. When you meditate, when you give yourself wholly to the things of God, your profiting will appear to all. People will see a change in you. People will say, I've noticed you're different. I've noticed you're more prayer. I've noticed you ooze more of the glory of God. I've noticed that your fruit is more consistent. I've noticed that you're you, you are full of joy and happiness and peace. What is the secret? And you'll tell them it's because I give, I've given myself wholly, wholly to the word of God. Amen. And like Joshua, you can do it. Joshua is a military commander. Joshua was no religious leader. Some people don't, don't read the Bible in its context. He was a military commander. That's what he was. He was not the high priest. Eliezer was. So if he had time as a military commander, and we know that he was a very busy man, conquering city after city, but if he had time to meditate on the word of God day and night, then surely you also do. It's just a matter of priority and planning your time well. And, and, and if it's something important to you, it will, you will have time for that. You will definitely have time for that. So let's get back into the word of God. Man shall not live by bread. The other day, I think last year, there was a preacher who came from America, and he said something I'll never forget. He, 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 say, he said that his mother has this practice. She usually says, no breakfast, no Bible. No Bible, no breakfast. Sorry, it's the other way around. No Bible, no breakfast. Which basically means if she's not read her Bible, she will not take breakfast until she has read her Bible. That's a discipline. Now, I'm not saying that you make her a black assessment and become legalistic about it. But it shows you, for her, she has put the Bible as even more important than breakfast. And you can get there. And it's actually more beneficial for you. Because when you take care of your spirit man, which is more important than your physical man, you are seeking first the kingdom. And then guess what? All these other things. Because what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4. Let's go there quickly. Let me show you how you get all these other things. People are so busy trying to take care of the other things and forgetting the most important thing. Proverbs chapter 4. Um... Verses 20, my son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. I mean, when you actually meditate in the word, it is life to he who finds it, and it is health to all their flesh. It is a healthy thing, you are actually taking care of yourself. Your, your health when you meditate on the word of God day and night. It's a very, very important thing. Something we need to begin doing. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. So we have to go back to that. You know, um, the, the apostle Paul told Timothy in first, uh, Timothy again, I believe it's chapter four, verse eight. Let's read it quickly. He says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of love, the life that now is and that which is to come. Many times I've, I've gone to the beach, I, I live near the beach, and people at the beach are training, you know, running and jogging and taking care of themselves, doing exercises early in the morning. 
But Christians can't wake up early to read the Bible. Do you understand? Yet the Bible says that bodily exercise, it profits little. But the spiritual exercise does not just profit the life that is now is here now, but even that which is to come. So let's get back in the word of God, meditating on his word day and night, and you will have success. Amen. You will have success. Say, I will have success in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So that's what I just wanted to share from the book of Psalm chapter 1. I, uh, I know that you've been blessed. I just want to speak a blessing over you. Father, whoever is listening, I pray that they may receive your joy in Jesus' name. Those who are surrounded with the wrong company, I unhinge them by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Give them the grace, O oh God, and the wisdom to separate themselves from those who are not for you in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that you shall give them a hunger, oh God, a hunger for your word. Let that they would hunger and thirst for your righteousness. And you'll say that those who hunger and thirst for your righteousness, they shall be filled in Jesus' mighty name. Let them have a hunger for your word. Let them read and meditate on it because your word says one day there will be a famine of the word of God and people will look for it and they will not be able to find it. So I pray that in these times of grace, let everyone that is listening find the, the grace to be able to take advantage of these special times before you return, O oh Lord. I thank you, Lord, and I bless your name because you've prayed this trusting and believing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you.